Welcome everybody to the Village Health Show. I'm Dr. Matt Klingler here with Eric Gullen, <laughs> one man sabotaging his own podcast. <laughs> Eric Gullen is one of the funniest people that I know. He's also incredibly intelligent and I'm thankful to have him on the team here at Village. And what we're going to be doing with this podcast is digging deep into controversial health topics, giving you not only the most cutting edge research on those topics, but also our practical experience in multiple decades of being in this health and physical therapy world. So today we're be gonna be covering the topic of strength training, resistance training for people over the age of 50. Do you need to do resistance training after the age of 50 if you wanna be healthy? Can you just stretch and do yoga? Uh, is, is it an essential part of a movement diet? So let's let's dive right in and answer that first question and then we'll answer all the other questions. So, Yeah, I think we should just make this a really short podcast and just say <laughs> the answer to that question is yes. Uh, do the resistance training uh, and I think now we can call it a day. All right, well, this has been uh, a great day. Village Fitness and Physical Therapy signing off. The no. world's fastest podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cutting straight to the chase. Why yeah. don't, uh, so so yeah, so that that's cutting to the chase is that there's almost nothing more important you can possibly do, especially when you're aging, which we all are. Um, but if you're aging, you know what that means. You know deep down in your mm -hmm. heart that you're, you're aging. There was a moment where you're like, I'm aging. So there's almost nothing more important you could do to stay healthy as you continue to age than strength train. But before we, before we talk about that, why don't we, why don't we talk about probably more what most people are going to connect with, which is what, um, what, the, what the aging process is taking away from them. Mm. What maybe they're, what maybe they've taken for granted and now is being taken from them. Yeah. Well, I think one of the big things that gets taken away straight up is just muscle mass and, muscle has gotten this connotation as like it's for bodybuilders and uh crossfitters and not even health nuts just like weight weightlifting gym rat nuts and in reality it's like muscle is what gives us the ability to do the things that we want to do in life to be active to play with our kids and our grandkids and to fulfill our our calling to to live the life that we want to live and we absolutely need to maintain it and it's a fight as we get older because progressively the body will start to lose muscle mass unless you give it a strong reason not to strong being the key word there yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, another thing that you'll notice as muscle mass decreases is that the uh the sag you know the sag saggy tissues like tricep sags sag, oh tricep sags neck sags all the sags uh, those like a lot of where that comes from is as the the muscle mass and uh and its collagen begin to go away um there's all that extra skin there's um, there's a loosening of the tissues things aren't being held together as tightly hmm. and i know that a lot of people who aren't thinking about muscle mass are thinking about how they can be less saggy I, yes I, i'm sure I, one of the things i hear a lot when i talk to people on the phone or meet with them in person is i want to get more tone yeah um either they've lost weight or they want to lose weight and they're like, well, I don't, I don't want to get big and bulky. I want to tone. Um, so yeah, less saggy toning. Those, those are probably synonyms. Yeah, exactly. People, you know, we look in the mirror, we're very visual creatures and we see that our bodies are, um, they're not proportioned the same. And, and of course, nobody's going to look like they're, you know, 18 or 20 forever. Um, 
But Except for you. You <laughs> still look like you're probably like 19. That's because I lied on my... <laughs> uh, Damn. I'm got very, me. I'm very advanced for my age. You got, you got me. <laughs> I'm almost seven years old. I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where were we? So... I think that you know we're very visual creatures. We we take into we when we try to get like an idea of like where are we at health wise, a lot of that information really comes from the mirror. Yeah. And and that's why a lot of people's first kind of sense of something's something's changing, something that I wish I could reverse, something that uh, multi billion dollar cosmetic and surgical industries exist mm -hmm. to take people's money to try to help them with, um, is really what they see in the mirror. And the the irony is that. All people really need to do to avoid so much of that or, or, or you know prolong it or, um, or post what's the word I'm looking for here yeah prolong <laughs> yeah. Those are, yeah all the P words um, it, yeah the P words uh, exactly is that um, is just that regular dosage of strength training so you know all those things that you did once upon a time in PE in gym class you know the push-ups the the body weight squats things like that it's like when your body gets that stimulus that actual resistance when you're pushing against something that's heavy, something that's pushing back on you, there's a there's a change that happens in the body. There's a there's a signal that goes to the brain and and tells your brain, hey, you're not dead yet. Keep making collagen. Keep making muscle. Keep your bones dense. And that's what keeps our bodies filled out. That's why when we look in the mirror, we continue to see a body that looks like a body instead of a thing that starts. To <laughs> starts to look like it belongs in a sarcophagus yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that too mean to say that no i don't think so i mean those are probably the things people are thinking so yeah gotta say them you're extremely valuable but also you don't want to look like you belong in a sarcophagus those are two thoughts that should go together yeah i don't know if we can say that in 2022 because everything's you did it though okay you said it it's Bo out there. body positivity yes also um part of body positivity should be being real with with what you need to do to take care of your body. All right, so so let's jump into what maybe what doesn't constitute strength training that people think is Ooh, enough. Yeah. Um, so some of the things I hear from people are like I do yoga or I do Pilates or I do spin or I run or I hike. And while I think we'd both agree those are fantastic things to do, they are not strength training in the pure sense of the word. And, and more importantly, they're not going to give you the the benefits that you're looking for from strength training, the muscle maintenance or even muscle growth, the um, hormonal benefits that we're going to talk about in a little bit. So uh, what do you think about those those different exercise elements, Dr. Eric? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of people, they gravitate towards things that are kind of, kind of simple and kind of easygoing. So going for a swim or getting on the spin bike or getting on the elliptical, going for a walk, these are all things that we can kind of just walk out of our door and do and, and and they're good things and they should be done and they definitely have a role in like a healthy movement exercise diet but you know one thing that's interesting is is so often when people come see us in the clinic they've lost the ability to do one or many of those things because of some kind of injury some kind of breakdown of of muscle or bone that's happened because they weren't complementing mm -hmm. it they weren't building that on top of a strong platform. 
And so often we hear people say, oh, I just want to be able to get back to my hiking. I just want to be able to get back to my walking. That's how I always kept healthy. That's how I burned my calories. I would get my steps in. And now I have this knee problem or this hip problem or, or back or whatever it is. And so I can't do it. And almost always the solution to, to, to be able to get back to those things is strength training. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't often think of strength training as a, as a clinical or a medical thing, but there's few... There's few medicines that are more effective than the right exercise at the right time. And so um, while it is good to be, to be doing some of those, you know, cardio kind of activities and things like that, getting the heart rate up a little bit, you know, steady state, breathing a little bit. Um, if it's not, if that doesn't occur on a, a foundation, a body that has, that has regular strength training and, and mobility built into that strength training, it's only so long before an injury or an overuse sabotages your ability even to do those light activities. And that's really the, the crossroads people come to where they, they lose that ability to do that one thing they did, whether it was walking or cycling or swimming or whatever, and then their health really starts to take because mm-hmm. now they can't even do that. Yeah, and I love that. So strength training is not a means to an end. It's not, you're not lifting weights just to lift weights, even though I know some people do that. Um, you're, you're lifting weights to enable yourself to have the body that you want, the health that you want, the longevity that you want, and to be able to do the things that you want long term. Exactly. It's, it's not just for people who love being in the gym or who, who want to be crazy strong or do the Arnold thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not just for high school boys playing football. It's, it's so important for every single human being. And, and there's a few reasons for that. We've been talking about strength a lot, but um, a, lot of, a lot of people are, are rightly concerned about becoming stiff and, and losing their flexibility and they can't touch their toes anymore. And they may have even tried to stretch and stretch and stretch to get that mobility and that flexibility back. And then all of a sudden they start strength training which is a full expression of movement. It, you use your joints in their full range of motion with resistance and that's the thing that unlocks that flexibility again that's the thing that unlocks that youthful flexibility that used to come so easily and so suddenly you know you don't realize it but you're doing these these strength training exercises and it's not just that you're stronger but you're also more flexible it's easier to move everything feels fluid again and there's less sag. Yes. <laughs> We're just going to keep coming back to the sag. Oh, man. All right. So so resistance training, strength training is super important. There's obviously a ton of different ways to do that. You've got uh, like the machines. You could do bodyweight exercises. You could use bands. You could use a TRX suspension trainer. Um, at Village, we focus our strength training using weights, dumbbells, barbells, body weights. Um, what, what would you say to somebody that says, I want to do this without weights. Would you say, hey, that's okay. You're you're getting part of the benefit, uh, but you're not getting the full benefit. How would you respond to that person? Yeah, I think weights are a tool and they're a phenomenal tool. So it's it's kind of like if somebody said, hey, I need to you know, dig this big hole in my backyard. I'm putting in a fence I do actually need to do that this weekend. So you want to come over and... Uh, <laughs> sure. And I'd yeah. love to use tools okay. <laughs> like a shovel. I was hoping we could use our hands. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. then you might really be into calisthenics. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the analogy I was going to make is that, you know, 
if your life depended on it, you could you could dig a big hole in the ground with your hands. And we will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's a lot it's a lot faster uh, in in all ways better to use a tool that was designed for digging like a shovel. Mm. And um, the reason that we have uh, humans have have invented barbells and dumbbells and in weights that can be held is because they are a far more effective and efficient tool to get the results that we want for our bodies. Um, calisthenics can be useful and I think it's good for everybody to have an understanding of how to how to use their body weight and certainly it's great when you're traveling or you know you're away from equipment. But I think I think the bread and butter really for most people should be to just use these amazing tools that we have that will get them where they want to go so much faster mm -hmm. and make them it, they, they amplify forces they it's like it's like turning up the volume on the communication and so then even if you are going to do some some body weight exercises some calisthenics now you understand how to feel the right muscles and the right positions and the right you, your coordination is drastically improved because you have that amplified signal that the weights helped with yeah Cool. All right. So, so strength training is the ideal tool for it would be um, barbell or dumbbell. Um, there's some exercises that we do with body weight here. What are the best exercises? That's a big question that I get. Maybe like the 12 best exercises. I don't know. <laughs> 12. That's very specific. Yeah, very specific. You see, the thing is we invented a proprietary system of 12 exercises. <laughs> yeah, I lobbed you a softball. <laughs> Well, before we, before we, or maybe without even talking about the 12, mm. um, we, we really orient around what we call the big three, which is a squat, a deadlift, and an overhead press. And uh, just between those three exercises, you get almost everything your body needs on kind of a joint-to-joint, muscle-to-muscle local level, as well as a full-body, big, central communicate directly with the part of your brain that controls all the pieces, send the message right to the general who's going to then direct the army's kind of stimulus. Mm -hmm. And so um, let's just talk about the squat. I mean, everybody, any, anytime you sit or stand, uh, you know, sit down in a chair, stand up, you're doing a variation of the squat. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a good place to start talking about what strength training is on an everyday level. Um, so if you think about a squat, um, if, you, if you're listening right now and you want to just go ahead and sit and stand a few times and kind of feel which muscles are working and feel kind of how your body needs to move, you'll probably find that you need to get your feet in a certain position underneath you. Um, you'll find that you may, you know, you probably need to scoot your butt forward and bring your feet back a little bit if you're going to stand up from that chair. You might find yourself uh, leaning your, your trunk forward a little bit at the hips or at the waist to kind of manage those forces. And then... Um, those are those are kind of the basics of getting your body to agree with the laws of physics. And so much of strength training is just going right to like like getting your body and the laws of gravity to be friends again. <laughs> Best friends. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people are really concerned about balance. They might say I'm clumsy or I'm worried about falling. And uh, you got to have a healthy relationship with gravity. You got to mm. really understand gravity. You got to have a good working relationship with gravity. And so strength training amplifies gravity. Strength yep. training helps you figure out how to agree with gravity instead of instead of fighting it. Just like a moment ago when you figured out where to put your body so you could stand up. 
and how you had to change your foot position and your hip position in your trunk a little bit. Um, so the squat. Um, squat is much, much, much more than a leg exercise. I think a lot of people, if they think of oh, what's a squat, it's maybe you think of, oh, it's going to work the muscles on the front of my thighs. Um, but really when it's done properly, when you've agreed with all the laws of physics in your, your execution of the movement, it works everything from head to toe. It's an incredible movement. And uh, we like to, we talked about, we like to use barbells, these tools. Uh, so a barbell is kind of a long, heavy uh, stick <laughs> made out of metal. I'm sure most of you know what barbells are, but some of you might not. So long, heavy stick. Long stick. How's that? Um, and then you can put weights on the end of it. That sounds very useful. Yeah. We should get some of those. Yeah. Maybe to dig that hole in your backyard. Um, it's a heavy shovel. <laughs> Gonna really have be a to, good workout yeah i don't know how much we'd be agreeing with the laws of physics yeah. on that one mm. um but once once that bar goes on your back it kind of goes between your shoulders and your neck and you got to reach your hands back to get it and um and as you do that it pulls the chest open it pulls the shoulders back it pulls the spine into a nice healthy posture and alignment a strong alignment and suddenly your whole body is working out. Your shoulders are in this incredible position in a, in, a, in a deep range of motion that we don't typically get in our American postural diet of many, many, many screens. And, um, and you add that weight and suddenly you've got, to, you've got to brace your core a lot more to connect where the weight is up on your shoulders to your feet down on the ground. And suddenly it's, it's everything, every joint is working, every muscle is working. And so in just one exercise, you know, I often tell people that if you could only do one exercise or master one exercise for the rest of your life, whether your goal was to lose weight or get stronger or become a better athlete or just live longer, if your goal was to become more flexible or your goal was to have a strong core, or your goal was to get out of pain, the squat would be like, if you had to choose one single tool to do it, one single exercise, it would be a barbell back squat. Nice. Love that. I love that you gave them one exercise. And then we also <laughs> talked about the three. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, so the other two that we talked about were the deadlift and the, and the overhead press. So, and we can link into the show notes, the videos that we made on YouTube that actually like describe those exercises with, you did those videos. Technology. Yeah. Be cool. Yeah. So you'll see with those other two and we don't have to get all into the nitty gritty of them, but with the deadlift, it's once again, it's using your entire body. It's actually putting you in just about the strongest position your body can possibly be in, which is very cool. A lot of people, um, they come in here, they don't realize that how much force they can actually produce. They don't think of themselves as very strong. And uh, when we put them in the proper position for a deadlift, when we get them to agree with the laws of physics and of gravity, and their body gets lined up in this amazing way, all of a sudden they can do the deadlift, which is to pull a weight straight from the floor. It's dead on the ground. That's why it's called the deadlift. And uh, they, can, they can pull that weight all the way from the ground up to their waist. So it's a pulling motion. And, uh, and it's, it's not unusual for me in a given week to, to see two or three people who thought that they couldn't lift a bag of dog food or something like that off the ground that weighs 20, 30 pounds without putting their back at risk learn how to do a proper deadlift and suddenly find out that they can deadlift their own body weight mm -hmm. before they even really start training right. just because they've learned how to arrange their bodies properly around um, around that load and, and they learn how to connect all of their joints all of their muscles they learn how to connect their brain to the to produce that force and it's just it's an exhilarating experience for people they don't realize that they've it's it's like the um 
you know, all those movies where you discover that, uh, or that the main character discovers that they're they're really special. You know, it's that like Harry Potter, you're a wizard, Harry, kind of kind of moment of like, oh, I didn't know I was, I didn't know I was special. And uh, we have clients, and they do this deadlift for the first time, and they and they deadlift, you know, their body weight or close to it or something like that, and they realize, oh my gosh, I'm a really strong person, and that kind of sparks like how much further does this road go? Yeah. So deadlift is very cool in that it it's probably the single strongest movement that the body can do, mm-hmm. uh, just the way that the human body is set up. And then the overhead press is is just kind of an epic, cool thing where you're lifting a huge weight over your head. It's one of those things I feel like you don't even need an explanation to just think of like, okay, here's a human, here's this big weight, it's being held over their head, looks right, flies right. You can just tell that that's a healthy, strong person. It's like everything below that weight just like a skyscraper is, um, you know, the higher that you go, the more stability, the more structure, the more things have to be lined up correctly. And so the, the overhead press, in addition to being an incredible exercise for protecting shoulders and necks and rotator cuffs and that sort of thing, uh, incredible exercise for posture, just make sure that everything, everything lines up exactly mm-hmm. as it should. Again, going back to that, that theme of, of agreeing with gravity. So it's like, if we can take care of those three and then a, we have nine others that are also very cool and you put everything together and it becomes this very foolproof system. Um, but the other, the other nine almost kind of s- serve to make the, the big three more foolproof. Sure. Nice. And the, one of the things I tell patients and clients when I work with them specifically on deadlifts and overhead press and squats too, is that the, the strength that you're building, the stronger you get, the more secure your body will become and security is what combats pain if you're if your lower back feels extremely Ooh, secure I love the way you said that yeah thank you uh, if your low back feels totally secure if there's no way you're gonna have back pain because pain is a reflection of danger and if you're completely secure the fortress is locked there's no reason for the danger alarms to go off and so deadlifts squats overhead press they give us this sense of security stability and strength that's really powerful. Um, what what are some of the hormonal benefits of strength training, specifically with a heavy weight? One of the reasons I tell people like you've got to lift heavy weights for you is for the hormonal benefits. Um, maybe we could just list off like a couple of those big benefits. Oh yeah. Well, you may have heard of human growth hormone or HGH. I'm sure you've heard of testosterone. These are sort of the, the fountain of youth hormones when the body releases them anything that uh, can age which is everything uh, Mm -hmm. ages less and oftentimes when that um, if that hormone's been been missing for a while and you put it back in the mix it's not just that the 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 feeling or the effects of aging uh, slows down it in many cases it actually reverses for a while Mm -hmm. and so what people experience is they thought they were kind of on one track going downhill and then they start experiencing the release of these hormones through through the strength training exercise they're doing. And what happens is their their trajectory, their 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 aging trajectory almost it reverses for a while. They're actually getting younger every day in 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 terms of their metabolism, the way their bodies look, the way their bodies behave, uh, the way that they're I mean, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see this with the naked eye but but the way that their brains are behaving the synapses are firing i mean it's like the mental benefits the metabolic benefits the the um benefits to your appearance and the aesthetics all those things it's like you're you're literally getting younger 
and everything but your calendar age. And then eventually, like, it, it, you don't just get younger forever. Uh, this isn't a Benjamin Button thing, and it's certainly not a uh, live, like, true, like, actually, like, isn't, it's not going to make you immortal. Okay. So if anybody thought it's going to make you immortal. I just stated that because I was uh, really confused yeah, there for a second. I think, yeah. um, so you're listening to the wrong podcast if you <laughs> want to live, uh, if you want to be an immortal. Um, listening to the wrong podcast. But you're listening to the right podcast if you want to live as long as you can, as healthy as you can. Love it. That's good. So, uh, yeah, so so you spend some time getting on this new trajectory, and for a while it actually is like, it, it's actually like reversing aging and getting younger, and then eventually things kind of level out, and then from there you will have a, a sort of pleasantly downwardly sloping uh, line until you die, because we all do die. But that's much better than being on the trajectory where it's just like kind of rapidly <laughs> declining, and mm-hmm. every day you're like, oh, I'm getting so old. Yeah. Um, so those hormones, the reason that strength training is so powerful in releasing them is because, uh, and this goes back to why we said that using the tools of weights is, is so much more efficient and effective than, than using your own body weight, is because what you're really doing is you're getting to this very deep primal part of the brain and you're telling your body that you are in a life or death situation mm-hmm. and you're creating this tremendous stress. Now it's a controlled stress, but it's, a, it's, it's still a life or death stress as far as as far as these primal parts of your brain are concerned. And your brain says, oh my gosh, uh, I wanna live, so I'm gonna release these hormones and these neurochemicals and do whatever it takes to get this body to be able to deal with the stress and not get killed by it. Now, if you're doing strength training properly, uh, the rational part of your brain, the, the higher, more advanced parts of your brain, will know that you are not actually in danger of dying. Uh, if you if you actually feel like you're going to die um, from the rational part of your brain, probably doing something <laughs> wrong, and I would advise very strongly. Strength training, though, is different <laughs> from like psychological stress or work stress in that it, it's healthy and productive, especially when done correctly. I've, I've heard it called U-stress, yes. E-U, yes. meaning it's like a, a, a healthy type of stress as opposed to stress-stress, <laughs> which produces that same life-or-death feeling, but then there's no release from it. There's no outlet and you end up, you know, dealing with the consequences of that. Yeah. And so this could, this could be a whole other conversation or a whole other podcast. Um, good stress and bad stress. Bad stress is what we're most accustomed to. It's the reason that stress, the word just has a negative connotation to it. I'm so stressed. Oh, this is stressful. It's, it's almost always presented in a bad way. And rightly so, because that type of stress that we're often referring back to is this kind of like low-level, chronic, um, un, like unanswered, unrequited stress that never gets resolved. And that is absolutely terrible for human beings mm. and probably most mammals. The stress we're talking about is the stress that we're actually designed for, which is a short-term, high-level stress to which we sort of rise up and meet and conquer, which then floods us with a bunch of feel-good neurochemicals it's like your brain saying hey you you faced the hard thing you faced the life or death stress you prevailed um you know good job congratulations and that's that's the thing that as humans we really thrive on and we don't realize that we're missing it's i mean it's the same reason that we read a book or we watch a movie or a tv show and we want to see we want to see drama it's like the more intense the higher the stakes and then, of course, like when, you know, when, when, when good prevails or when, you know, the good guys win or whatever, there's a happy ending, like it's so rewarding. Um, 
that's why we seek that kind of thing out. And really, we've, we're, it's, we're missing it often in our own mm-hmm. lives. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Do you have any more to say about that? <laughs> so much more. So much more. Uh, there's two things that people come to me and say, I'm concerned about this when it comes to strength training. And, uh, well, actually, one thing. I'll boil it down to one thing people are concerned about is I'm going to get injured. I've gotten injured in the past, lifting weights, working out. I'm worried that I, I know it's important. They're bought into that. It's like, I know it's important to lift weights for the me- metabolic benefits, for the hormonal benefits, for the strength benefits, but I don't want to get injured. And the way that we coach people is that you need to do two things if you're worried about that. And you should be worried about that. That's a legitimate concern. Number one, you need to find a good coach. And number two, you need to follow a good progression. So let's talk about those two things uh, before we wrap up our episode for today. So finding a good coach, let's jump into that first. So a good coach is first gonna be somebody who even values this sort of thing. Um, A lot of people will gravitate towards coaches that may have big personalities, they're fun to be around, uh, they're very motivating, maybe they um, or, or, or maybe there's kind of like a, you know, like a glutton for pain kind of thing of like, I think people just them. walk into 24 hour fitness and <laughs> get the first personal trainer they can find mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> you, you need to think of a, a coach of the same way that you would think of a doctor. Like you want somebody who understands your body inside and out cares tremendously about you and your long-term success and has, 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 um, the knowledge and skills and experience to to do a good job with that it's a it's a huge undertaking it's a huge responsibility to help somebody learn how to move in their body and especially to do that with big stresses on them mm-hmm. big weights on them and there's there's a process to that and it and it takes time it's not an instant thing it's not an overnight thing it is a it's really a lifelong discipline but our like much much else in our culture, there's kind of a fast food approach to it. There's sort of a, I want the instant gratification of going and getting a workout and feeling like I got sweaty and I burned calories and so that must be good. When strength training is really, it's not just physical, it's mental, it's emotional, it's a high level, uh, it's an in, there's, there's an intelligence to it. And so you need you need a working relationship with a coach who, who has all of those skills and has the ability to communicate really well with you and and kind of keep you in check too, probably when you want to move too fast. Mm-hmm. And a, I think a good coach will follow a very simple program. Absolutely. It'll be, it'll be to the naked eye, to the outsider, to the person that's on Facebook or Instagram following fitness influencers. It'll be really somewhat boring. It's like we follow the same basic exercises. We execute them with impeccable form. And then the second part is we progress appropriately. And so let's talk a little bit about the ideal progression for for somebody. And one of the things that I say to people is, uh, I love to use the example of burpees. It's like, you you should not do 200 burpees just because that's what's on the workout of the day today. That's silly. <laughs> Although you'll you'll burn a lot of calories and get your heart rate up, your likelihood of getting injured is way high. And what would be much more intelligent would be to start slowly, start with 10 and then move your way up to 15 the next time. And then 20, it's like, can you do burpees? Yes. If you, if you really want to, you can, you just can't start with 200 and it's like building a suntan. It's like, you can go out in the sun 
and not get burned, but you've got to build up to that slowly. Exact same thing with strength training. We can squat, we can deadlift, we can overhead press, we can lunge, we can pull, we can do all these amazing exercises, but we've got to build up intelligently and slowly. And that's exactly what we do here at Village with our clients is we built a step-by-step progression to walk people through the process of getting really strong and healthy without getting them injured in, in that progression. Exactly. And those knowing what you're going to do, how many sets, how many reps, how much exposure to that stress, it needs to be premeditated. It needs to be programmed and set ahead of time because what you really want to do is, is follow a, a program that's written where it's just like following a map. It's the difference between following a map and just trying to wing it mm-hmm. and not even have a compass or something. Um, you, this isn't a place that this is that, you know, it's like, imagine going into like the Alaskan wilderness in winter and you're just going to try to wing it. Right. Well, first you, you, dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Very dumb. You'd want, you'd want to know that there was a map with a very clear route set out for you to make sure you got to your destination safely. And even then you'd, you would want an expert guide, an experienced guide who knew the terrain, who knew exactly the coach who knew all of the things that could go wrong and see them ahead of time and make sure that you're staying on the best possible path on that map that was already laid out. Love that. That's, that's a really, really wise statement. So if you're over the age of 50 and you want to get strong, find a, find a good coach that does basic movements that are time tested and proven and follows a step-by-step intelligent progression to get you really strong and healthy. Should we talk about the sagginess again? <laughs> I don't think so. No, uh, did we say that enough times? I think we said enough okay. times. I All think right. we should finish this show with, with what I've been most excited about this entire time, which is a little segment that we are we're going to call good research, bad accents. And this may be the only time we ever do this uh, because of... Because <laughs> it might be the last time you ever <laughs> listen to this podcast. Uh, Dr. Eric and I found a research article that is related to strength training for people over the age of 50. And we're going to, uh, with complete seriousness, read this article, read a summary of this article to you guys in a a bad accent together. We're going to go back and forth until we just can't. Can you scoot it over so I can read Um, it? Yeah. We got to read the results too, right? Are they in the abstract? Oh, we're just going to, we're just going to start reading and see how far we can get. Okay. Yeah. You want to start out then? I do. I think I'm going to go with a pirate accent. All right. All right, pirate accent, yeah. I've been out on this ship for months. Haven't seen land in ages. Only got wine left to drink. Are you going to read the article? Yeah. It has been well documented that as an individual ages, body composition changes. Even in the absence of changes in body weight, are studies have shown that fat mass increases and muscle mass decreases with age. The evolution of the accent. <laughs> studies have shown that fat mass increases and muscle mass decreases with age. However, it's unclear why such changes occur. Resting metabolic rate, or RMR, and substrate oxidation rates have been examined with aging. It's been proposed that reductions in RMR and fat oxidation may lead to changes in body composition. Alternatively, changes in body composition with age and may lead to reductions in RMR. 
The purpose of this review is to provide an overview of the literature surrounding the impact of aging on RMR in substrate oxidation. Although long-term longitudinal studies are lacking, most cross-sectional studies or short-term longitudinal studies show a reduction in RMR with aging that cannot be explained by body changes in body composition, including loss in fat-free mass, where the, la <laughs> where the latter includes atrophy or decreases in muscle mass of high metabolic rate organs. There is incorrect evidence suggesting that the metabolic rate of individual organs in lower, uh, is lower in order compared with younger individuals. This aging, we conclude that the reductions in the mass of individual organs slash tissues and in tissue-specific organ metabolic rate contribute to a reduction in RMR in their turn promotes changes in body composition favoring increased fat mass and reduced fat-free mass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Do you think anyone is still listening? No, no, no. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Village Health Show. We like to have tons of fun on the show. If you like the show, go ahead and click the subscribe button. And if you found this useful, leave us a review uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Let us know what you think. And uh, we can't wait to have you listen to our next episode. And if you did want to help join Matt uh, in digging a giant hole in his backyard this weekend with your bare hand, his address is. <laughs> oh, man. Thanks for listening, everybody.